podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. Are you getting this? Find excuse to be drunk. Welcome to the Movie Movie Podcast, everybody! <laughs> Episode number 48. I'm your host, Tiggs, and with me, as always, are Alex, hey. Russ, hey. and Peter. Hello again! <laughs> and uh, as Peter just mentioned, this is the second time we've done this intro, and we are about to kick it off. We've got a couple movies to talk about this week. Let's talk about Riddick. Can sure. we get the Russ down? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, yes, we, we can. can. Okay, cool. Got it. Sammy Davis Jr. Riddick, okay. directed by David Twohe. <laughs> Tui, whatever. Uh, <laughs> left for dead on a sun-scorched planet, Riddick finds himself up against an alien race of predators. Activating an emergency beacon alerts two ships, one carrying a new breed of mercenary, the other captain by a man from Riddick's past. Oh, shit. Wait, but Carl is Urban. the new breed of mercenary the man from Riddick's past? Uh, yeah, kind of. Wasn't the other people just regular old mercenaries? Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, right, good point. I didn't think so, about that. All right. So I did not get a chance to see this, but I always felt like Riddick stuff was like kind of the equivalent of like Vin Diesel being like a little kid when you're like pretending to be like a superhero and he just makes one up and then just makes up powers and is like no he can't talk like this he, he can see in the dark well, well that's, that's, that's the weird thing with with pitch black so much of that movie is ridiculous in terms of coincidence yeah, yeah. to set up the character and the world's like okay so this guy he was in prison prison was really dark yeah, so we I got to plants so we can see yep. <clears throat> cut to he crash lands on this planet planet's really bright but when all three suns go down, really dark. monsters come out, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you get chased by these monsters if there's no light. But when there's no light, he can still see. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and accurate. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, uh, uh, but that's the that's the that's the fun about it, Alex. But like Chronicles of Riddick is clearly him being like, oh, I have this character, yeah, and giant nerd. I want to do giant nerd stuff with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And Which... I saw that the day it came out, and it was. It was mediocre, but you could feel the heart behind it. Like, but this, like, he tried so hard to build yeah. a world, and he and you can tell he's so close to this shit that even when he went and did, makes Riddick, which is basically just Pitch Black 2, yep. he still was like, yo, fuck it, I'm putting some of that Necromonger stuff at the beginning. <laughs> hey, in case anybody forgot, there was a second well, movie. It's weird because it's, it's Pitch Black 2 and Pitch Black Reboot all in one. Mm-hmm. And not Pitch Black, almost... It's a it's almost a remake of Pitch Black while being a sequel to Pitch Black and yep. rebooting Pitch Black with a dog. So kind of like what they did with uh, the Thing uh, as a prequel. They kind of oh, remade the prequel, it. Prequel, sequel, reboot. Yeah. No, oh. it's, it's not quite that level. I don't think. I mean, especially with the first like ten minutes of this thing, where they actually go back and tell you. Like, hey, just in case you forgot about Carl Urban, he was here. Oh, yeah. His name was in the credits, and now he's gone. Yeah. So the story goes that Riddick is just plain old tired of being king. Yep. Shit got too easy. Oh, I just can't wait to not be king. It's like, have you ever been king of an entire planet and just got so tired of fucking women? (laughs) That's what the first ten minutes of that movie is pretty much about. But imagine that monologue in Vin Diesel's voice. Yeah. 
comes a point. <laughs> yeah. I just so, yeah. uh, but so the beginning of this movie is when he's just walking around this new planet is so boring. I kind of like that. I like the I like I the quiet it. open. I really like the quiet open. <coughs> I disagree. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I thought it, it was cool that like to go out on that limb is is kind of crazy just to have like five it, minutes of silence at the very beginning. Is he giving of movie. Riddick too much credit by thinking he can do that though? Um, well, I mean, but the thing is, it's, it's not after, Riddick, it, it's the scenery and, and just, like, the environment that it's in. After that whole different opening, it just turns into pitch black. Yeah, oh no, I know, I know, it feels out of place. I agree, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> how, how it kind, it turns into a kind of pitch black, because, the like, once those people come, it's kind of like, pitch black, only he's the monster killing everybody, and then it's pitch black. Yeah, it pitch black yeah, true, they yeah. thought he was killing everybody. <clears throat> yeah. But he wasn't killing everybody. He just happened to be there. In this one, he was killing everybody. Yeah. Well, it was, it was like three people. Yeah. But it like played like he was the alien in a movie that's killing people. Yeah. But it was good to see it switch back to that kind of original yeah. formula, like, by yeah, the end it, of it. it was... <clears throat> I will say, in terms of, like, just uh, really trying to be something more, like, as you said, the quiet opening, and then having Riddick not be in it for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Was pretty was pretty uh, ambitious. That was kind of the same way that Pitch Black was, though. It, it took a while for Vin Diesel's character to really like. They just show you a glimpse of him, and then like eventually he's there. But the whole beginning is like the spaceship trying to take off, and then they can't get yeah, out of the atmosphere. That was before he was Vin Diesel. That's okay. Yeah, that's true. He was just Mark Vincent. <laughs> I couldn't remember his actual name. Uh, right, but how's the supporting cast? How's like Katie Sackhoff and Batista and all them? Uh, Batista had surprisingly little for where Batista's career has gone. <laughs> yeah, because this seemed like it should have been Batista's first film with the with the yeah. amount that they actually gave him to do. Yeah, but he's been in a bunch of other stuff with much more. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but what about what about what about Starbuck? Um, she right. her dialogue was pretty shitty. Oh yeah. But her nipple was pretty great. Oh yeah, that was yeah. that's coolest. Because like now good. the thing is like, isn't like Marvel's Marvel or DC or someone supposedly eyeing her for something? Marvel. They, for they want Marvel. her to be uh, Captain Marvel. <laughs> well, Miss Marvel, but they call her Captain Marvel now because we're supposed to respect women. <laughs> Do you guys want to rate this? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Russ, what'd you think? Uh, I I enjoyed it. It was fun. I'll give it a three. Uh, Pete. Um. I have to explain. I'm going to give it three as well. It probably could have gotten a little bit more from me, but I watched it immediately after watching another film we're going to talk about. Okay. And, yeah, I'm going to agree and give it a three. So next up, let's see. What should we go to next? How about we hear from Alex and we hear about Labor hey. Day? Okay. Can we get well, a rust down? Yeah, we can. I mean, this uh, is just one of those movies where it's a whole bunch of different connected people falling in love on a together. How about I rust down? Whoa. No, 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 remember, he was Alexing up. I was Alexing oh, it up. Yeah. I was buying oh, you time. Great. All right. He didn't need the time. I was already there. All right, Labor Day. It's been coming out for a while. Directed yeah, this is the 2014. Wow. Depressed single mom Adele and her oh. son Henry offer a wounded, fearsome man a ride. As police search town for the escaped convict, the mother and son gradually learn his true story as their options become increasingly limited. Who, who's in this? Uh, this is... Uh... Kate Winslet as the the mom, mm -hmm. uh, Josh Brolin is the oh, yeah, convict yeah. guy, and um, James Vanderbeek is supporting in this as well as J.K. Simmons and uh, Tobey Maguire. 
Is Tobey Maguire the son? It's yeah. so weird that you got uh, a screening of this when I just read about this movie the other day, like, of my first, like, oh, this movie's a thing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. The screening. It's about some for- scene that he changed because he wanted it to not be something or other. I don't know. I read something about it last week. Uh, well, uh, so this just premiered uh, last week at Toronto, and then they brought it here uh, afterwards. Uh, so it was fun. Josh Brolin and Kate Winslet and stuff were there. Uh so this is a big departure for Jason Reitman, who did this, whose like last one was up in the air, right? Um, yes, I think so. Uh, so I mean, like this one's a lot less like you get moments with like the kid in this kind of being like a little precocious. Okay, but this almost feels like a kind of like a an older romance type movie. Like you almost feel like this is like a. Bridges of Madison County, but oh, like wow. with someone that might be a murderer. Okay. Well, it's definitely it's definitely a weird director for Kate Winslet. Yes, and because <laughs> it's I, a very and she's not, become like, that like, person you don't see in anything unless she's getting an Oscar. Yeah, and this is definitely one of those things that you know. Streeping. She's actually she's really good in it. Josh <laughs> Rowland's really good in it. Uh, the kid's actually surprisingly really good. Um, uh, you know, it's an interesting movie. The uh, the ending is a little corny, um, you know, but it does build up some pretty good tension. Uh, I think it's one that is is worth seeing. Um, if it does come to VOD, I think that would be the best place for it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it'll probably be at like a you know like kind of an indie theater mm-hmm. uh, type movie. And I think they are trying to get it out in December nice. uh, for award season. And you know, I'm sure they'll push for for Kate wins it because she always gets something. But I would give this a three and a half. Nice. Uh, I think it's pretty good, uh, but it's not. It's just not the movie you would expect uh, from Jason Redman. But it's it's cool to see him try. Uh, it's based on a novel. I guess it's very close to it. Cool. All right. Um, well, you know what? Let's talk about the world's end. You guys want to talk about the world's end? Yeah. All right. Can we the get the end. rust down for the world's end? I like. I do. I have to say that I like that we have a movie with the word next in it, and we have a movie with the word end in it. And every single time you say what's next, I'm like, oh, it's going to be your next. Nope. What are we going to end with? Oh, it's got to be the world's end. Nope. nope. Not doing that. Nope. Throwing you for a loop. Wow. Oh, shit. I think Russ is broken. Yeah. What? Russ? Yeah. Okay. Oh, there we are. Uh, the world's end. <laughs> Directed by Edgar Wright. Russ isn't broke. Five friends who reunite in an attempt to top their epic pub crawl from 20 years earlier and wittingly become human kind's, humankind's only hope for survival. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, is that having some not... technical difficulties? Having some technical difficulties right now. <laughs> uh, I loved this movie. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, it's one. I, I was talking to Russ about it at, um, like a few weeks ago. It was like with Shaun of the Dead, I loved immediately mm-hmm. upon seeing it. Yeah, uh, Hot Fuzz, I really liked, but have loved even more afterwards, and I now like it better than Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's same thing. I really liked it, but it's one of those that I gotta see again, and I gotta like watch a lot. With a bunch I, of different people, you know, I, I just feel like this is like him. Alex. What was that? Was that Russ trying to talk? No, I didn't hear you talking. Oh, because I, I just heard static. We hear a bunch of static, yeah. Uh, and and but um, anyway, I just feel like uh, his movies. I feel like I've kind of grown up with them in a lot of ways, uh, in the sense that, you know, the themes of each one have kind of uh, have very much gone a- along with, you know, I feel like where where we've all been mm-hmm. over the last 10 years. Uh, and I think this one just, like, B 
being, you know, now 10 or so years removed from, you know, high school, things like that, like, I feel like the spacing of these movies has worked out so perfectly that I can still find them relatable to when yeah. each one comes out. Uh, and I think it was amazing this time just, like, not having Simon Pegg be, you know, the hero of it yeah, like, yeah. right away. Like, I think that was just such a ballsy move that worked out really well. Uh, I, I, you actually kind of really put that perfectly. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Thanks, Alex. Yeah. There's a lot There's a lot of great funny bits. Uh, Nick Frost does more for overweight comedic actors in this, and you realize in this one than he has in ever. Yeah. And how anyone has for a very long time. I read, I read uh, one review on this film that I thought was kind of interesting. There was his fighting style in this movie, which, by the way, was fucking awesome, is... Like would have been, it would be cool to see, like the Thin or some other super strong uh, mutant or superhero sort of fight like that in one of these Marvel or DC movies because it's a little different than Hulk in that he's got this like sort of bouncy kinetic energy. Mm. He's like very agile, and oh, yeah. I thought it was, I thought his fighting was really cool. But beyond that, like this movie had a lot of feelings in it. Um, yeah, it did. Yeah. For hot folks having very many, if any, or it could have just been that at that time I had just graduated well, from college. And I well, that was the joke I, of Hot Fuzz. There was supposed yeah. to be, was supposed to be a love interest, and they took it out and actually just gave Nick Frost a lot of the lines. Yeah, yeah, and that and I mean that worked out perfectly, really perfectly, because like obviously there is such a level of like homoeroticism in a lot of these like action movies, especially like a Point Break, that it was really funny to like have their friendship play out like a love story would mm-hmm. uh and i thought that was great for that but i think for this one like it is in many ways not a comedy yeah. like if you just like like a lot of it is like people paging simon Pegg, and you know it's 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 kind of dark in that way it is it's a pretty dark movie uh and i, I think it works really well that way like i'm laughing but it's also i don't know it, it, it's it's hitting you in ways that the other two movies never did and, yeah. and I think Edgar Wright really uh, held himself back a lot uh, with, like, a lot of his directorial flares. Like, I think you get some of, like, the Sam Raimi-inspired, you know, mm-hmm. like, montage-type stuff. And, 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 you know, a lot of the callbacks are, are all there. Uh, but they're they're not quite as, you know, kind of in-your-face as, as they have been. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they still do the whole, um, you know, uh, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg scripted movies still do, here's the normal day, and here's that day through yeah. the lens of the movie, where the movie style we're referencing. But it was right. done much quicker the first time around. Unlike, you know, Shaw of the but Dead I mean, is like the entire first half of the movie is yeah. repeated. Right. And, and you know, Hot Fuzz becomes an action movie and all that. And, yeah. yeah. And I mean, for this one, I mean, is it like, I mean, I guess it's alien movies, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's the story from the first Professor Layton video game, which is really weird. <laughs> that is true, actually. A little shout out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah. But yeah, I thought it was also cool uh, with this one, like, sort of expand beyond just uh, um, Nick Frost and... Um, Simon Pegg with, you know, Patty Considine and uh, Eddie Marson and uh, Mark. I like, I like that it felt like like a, like a more of a, a true ensemble film. And they all hold their weight, like, on they the screen. Do. They're fucking I, great. And so many of Eddie, Mar- of Eddie Marson's non-verbals was oh, so awesome. 
Like just yeah. watching everybody talking and watching his goofy face, mm-hmm. you really get a feeling like, okay, this is who he was in this group of friends. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really awesome. And like you get that moment when you're watching this, like, oh god, I I hope I'm not the Simon Pegg and stuff like yeah. that. Like like yeah. you like I think that like this he he does something that like I think that you know Pete you were saying that like you know Nick Frost does for like kind of like overweight comedic actors. I think that like. Edgar Wright also does for, you know, the kind of the buddy coming of age drinking drug type movie. Uh, he also does for that something that, you know, we don't get to see enough. And that's like, in many ways, taking it seriously. But yeah. then, yeah. you know, with like the ramifications of, of these things, but then also like what it does come to becoming goofy. Uh, it's it's getting these these laughs just from different and, and less cheap and, and more organic places. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think that was really good because I think a drinking movie and all that like that can be so lazy. Yeah, and like I thought at first, like the first scene of like a lo- of like a lot of serious fighting when uh, Simon Peck's character was like still drinking, I was like, hey, that's kind of funny. But then like when it didn't ever stop. Oh yeah, by I the end like, when they're just like put down the drink and he's just like he's chugging it and running out of the bar to like the next one because it was yeah. just like the way it was being yeah. focused on. After a while, I realized I'm like this it was sad. This isn't funny at all. Yeah. Yeah, but like I thought that was really like for a movie that's like ah oh, drinking rah rah rah. It's like yeah, well, drinking also a lot of times is awful for at least one of the people who you're with. Yeah. All right, you guys want to rate it? Absolutely. Uh, Pete, what'd you think? Um, four and a half. Say one of the, one of the best of the year so far for my taste. Uh, uh yeah. Go ahead, All right. Alex. Uh, I'm I'm also uh, giving this a four and a half out of five. Yeah, I uh, love Russ. We might Yahtzee. Uh, four and a half. It's the second movie to join my top ten of the year. Um, uh, I'll give it a four and a half. <laughs> You're about to give it a four, or yeah, but what else, so... four if you want. No, no, it's okay. We can Yahtzee. We haven't had one in a while. It was good. I don't. I I would assume this is a, a movie that I would call like a four until I watched it like three more times and then it would I've become watched, a four and a half. See, yeah. I've, I've watched it twice now, so... Right, like, I, I yeah. haven't gotten that chance yet. So, like, I assume it will be, but I have I don't know it for a fact. I think I, I haven't... It took me a while to make up my mind on the ending. Yeah, I'm still... Yeah, totally. I, I, oh, think I love that, that ending. I, I, I do, too. It, but I'll be honest, that that's the part that took me the longest to come around to liking. Right. Wow. Hmm. Um, and I think now... I do think it's the right choice to kind of end this trilogy. Yeah, totally. Um, but it took me a bit. All right. Um, up next, you're next. Can we get the rust down? Yes, we can. I was already there. Awesome. Uh, uh, directed by Adam Wingard. When the Davison family comes under attack during their wedding anniversary getaway, the gang of mysterious killers soon learns that one that one of victims. That's awful. <laughs> Harbors a secret talent for fighting back. This movie is fucking great. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I this is like, uh, like I think we say like lame shit like uh, in a post cabin in the woods world like so and so kind of movies don't really work. And this is like the movie for like. The... And it was made before Cabin in the Woods. Well, maybe yeah, not. yeah this, is, this, this is two years old, right? Yeah, yeah. But Cabin well, in the not... Woods was shelved for a bit too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But this movie is like it gets it. Yeah. Don't and, spoil anything because I still really want to see it. You. This but, is. I think with, with the exception of Cabin in the Woods, this is probably the best horror film in the last five years, at least. I completely agree. Better and, than uh, Sinister. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, yes. I, it's, it's, yes. Yes. I, yes. I, it's different. It doesn't take itself seriously. It's a horror movie. Seriously. It, it, no, it takes itself seriously, but it takes itself seriously as an 80s B horror movie. And it, and it follows all those tropes and it hits them all perfectly. I agree. Yeah. Um, there's, like, I, there's a time in which it starts off and it hints at every little drama that you would expect a movie like this to, to sort of play on for the next like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it just kicks off. And then there's little to no story for a half hour. Yep. And then it 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 goes to its its other little way and tries to tell you a little bit more. Yeah. And I, but and that, I like that they, that span of time, it's so fucking good. Yeah. And I do think they telegraph uh, some things maybe a little early, uh, but I think that just the way that they the way that they execute everything, it's it's I think you get to really see because the the director is like kind of an indie guy because he did have stuff on like I think VHS too. Yeah, he did. Um. And it just kind of goes to show what happens if you give an indie person a good amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and and, and it, it wasn't even that much. No. Um, like, I, I, I really love how this movie starts. I really like, I like the exposition that they sort of start up with. And like, as you, as you sort of think you understand what the movie's about, it sort of changes. And then you think you have a grasp of it again, and then it changes again. Because you think you know who is safe, and that is taken away really quickly. Where it's just like, everybody can be a target. Yeah. I uh, love the ending. The yeah, ending's great. I completely, I completely love the ending. And uh, I think that, too, like, uh, if you think this is just a people in masks home invasion movie... Yeah. Which, it's, uh, which is what the trailers make it out to be. Exactly. And I think that does it a bit of a disservice. I think they almost should show some of the cabin in the woodsiness of it. Because yeah. I think that movie was so well-received that, like, to kind of show, like, okay, this is a horror movie that also gets it, that can be uh, funny and, mm-hmm. you know, make X, Y, and try to make, you know, whatever points or whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think it just, it shows how much more it was. And, 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 man, this is just, this was, I felt like this was made for me when I watched it. Yeah, totally. I went, I saw this at, uh, I saw this at the Alamo Drafthouse, uh, and I got there a little bit early because they always, like, play a bunch of shit beforehand. Uh, kind of like Nighthawk, or yeah. I guess Nighthawk was, I don't know which one did it first. But, uh, but, I don't know. Uh, okay, there we go. Uh, but they were just showing trailers of like 70s and 80s B-horror movies just to get everyone like excited for it. And I didn't know, like I thought this was just another home invasion movie and I was just like, why is this, why are they showing this beforehand? And then once it really got into it, like I, I was just like, oh, this fucking, this is perfect. This was the right mood to be setting. This is great. And... Once you just let yourself be taken for the ride that this movie is, it's just so enjoyable. And and I think this is one that's like worth seeing in the you know in the theater with a couple friends mm-hmm. because uh, when I saw this in the theater, it was me. Uh, I was I was alone, but I, I could hear like the, <laughs> the few, like I know it makes it sound sad, uh, but I could like hear like all these like couples and friends that were together just like having fun being in love. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I would hear them like say their theories. To oh, each nice. other throughout the movie, and that was just like that seemed like that was really fun for them. I was sitting next to like uh, I was sitting next to uh, a couple who was just like uh, I don't know in their mid fifties, and this guy was the only person in the theater laughing more than I was. So it was kind of great, and like he would look over at me and like nod at times, be like, "Yeah, you got that one." Like, "Yeah, this is weird, but thank you." I man, I love the uh, the lack of an opening title sequence even though they're kind of there's no title there's really no title sequence but the but your next is just written in blood like twice throughout the movie yeah yeah Yeah. so it's practically the title card exactly the time the title card should come out Mm -hmm. after like a cold opening of a horror yeah Yeah, good late title card and a great opening just a great great opening 
Um, uh, it does get dinged for no, uh, for no Lou Reed with so much in the trailer. They're, they're, the song that they played on repeat really should have just been Perfect Day. I think that would have been yeah. way creepier. Well, I'm, sh- I'm sure it was way more expensive to do it in the movie than in the trailer. I don't pretend to know anything about movie financing. Oh, I pretend to. <laughs> you guys want to rate it? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Alex, what do you think? Oh, shit, sorry. Uh, I'm giving this a four and a half out of five. Uh, this is one of my favorite uh, horror movies that I've, I've seen in um, a real long time. Uh, Pete, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give it four. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's up at the Cabin in the Woods level, but I think it's really, really great. Um, and as I said, like I watched this. I watched a, like a cam on my computer mm. and was locked into it. I find that surprising because I, I almost think that would have taken away from the experience. But I'm happy to hear that you were still like really movie movie yeah. podcast. No way condones. <laughs> um, and I watched Riddick immediately afterwards. Yeah, and it was just like Riddick was enjoyable, but your next it was tough me. to watch after your next. I think at, I told both of you like the night after I saw you, or the day after I saw your next like how how good I thought it was, and I don't think either of you thought I was telling the truth. No, I did uh, No, well, you, I mean, you and I were the only ones that wanted to see your next. Well, yeah. I mean, we're the only ones who ever want to really see the horror movies for the most part. Yeah. The really sure. bad ones. <laughs> uh, and I am going to echo Alex on this one and give it a four and a half. I like it uh, a whole fucking lot. Uh, I think it's one of the best horror movies to come out recently. I think it's great for an entirely different reason than uh, Cabin in the Woods. Like, I think yeah. Cabin in the Woods is great that it, like, shines like a, uh, like a, or like a mirror to the horror genres, but this is, this is more of a love letter than, than that one was. Like, this is yeah, an people, actual love letter. People called, like, Cabin in the Woods, like, I hate love letter. Sorry, what, Pete, what'd you give it? I couldn't hear. He gave it a four. 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 okay, yeah. All um, right. <laughs> All right. One movie left. The Grand Master. Can okay. we get a rust down? Yeah, sure. Uh, the Grandmaster, directed by Wong Karwai, or Karwai Wong, whatever. Uh, the story of martial arts master Ip Man, the man who changed Bruce Lee. Yep, that is accurate. Uh, am I the only one who saw it? Correct. Uh, this Correct. is great. It's a great movie. Uh, it's if you if you've seen any of other Wong Karwai movies, it's it's styled in very in a very similar way. The the cinematography and everything it looks beautiful. It's more of like a almost. It's more of a history tale than it is like a kung fu movie. Like if you've seen the Ip Man movies, those are very much styled in a way of uh, like old kung fu movies. But those are fucking awesome. Also. They are. And they're on Netflix. And they're good. Netflix. They're good. But this is this is a different, a totally different feeling movie with like the same uh, the same subject matter. Uh, again, like if you've seen Wong Kar Wai movies, that they're sort of. You know, that he has like a very similar feeling, and you're going to yeah. get it here. And it's going to be very, you know, like a lucid dream sort of feeling while you're watching a lot of this. The the cinematography and the camera work is fucking great. Uh, everyone in it is great. Uh, Tony Chung is is amazing. Um, it, it but it feels there, there was like the whole I don't know if it was controversy or whatever, but there's a whole bunch of stuff content cut out from the movie, and, and you can really tell it feels disjointed at times. Uh, but it was Carl Y who did the editing himself, I guess. So yeah, but he was forced to. Right? Yeah, he was forced to. Right? Uh, I. So this movie like details or wow, details. Uh, it clocks. It's supposed to clock at like two hours and two minutes. But I was out of the theater in like an hour forty from the actual start time with credits. There is a three. I mean, and there is a three-hour cut. There's supposed to be a two forty cut, I think. Yeah. yeah, and that's like the Chinese. It was released in Hong Kong, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see the like just more stories about these other masters that were also around at the time. Uh, which is what the movie is really. It seems like it's about is all of these different kung fu masters and a very 
a very specific piece of history of China, and that's kind of cool about it. Wow. Uh, and I'll give it a four. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and and pigs, I want to echo with. Uh, I I just saw Blue Jasmine. Uh, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, you saw that. I just want to echo that. Yeah, you should go see that movie. It's really great. Yeah, that is. Yeah, well, I think it's possibly Woody Allen's best that I've seen in recent memory for sure. Definitely. Mm. All right, I'm going to take this thing home. You guys cool with that? Yep. Okay. You can find us on the web at moviemoviepodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at moviemoviepc. You can email us your thoughts, comments, complaints, and your fake movie Fridays to moviemoviepodcast at gmail.com. And you can rate us on iTunes by searching for The Priest and the Beekeeper, which is the name of our improv troupe. And we have a show the third Thursday of every month at Long Island City's The Creek in the Cave at 8 p.m. Uh, with our good friend and stand-up Zach Broussard. It's a show called Pigpile. It's a variety show. We invite some stand-ups. We invite some... Uh, improv groups we have a good time it is next week uh thursday september 19th you should come out uh it's five dollars for takata and a shot and you can't beat that fucking deal anywhere uh so thank you guys for being here unless you have a four dollar deal yeah and if and if you do you should really email us at movie movie podcast at gmail.com and let us know where you are uh yeah so i think that that pretty much covers everything so uh thank you guys for being here with me and thank you guys for listening to the Movie Movie Podcast. Sure next. <laughs>